0: If we're projecting stats for this coming season, I think it's going to be a big year for Colby Young and for A.J. Allen. You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to AllHurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. For the Everydayers, we're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're opening up to questions on this episode. Got a good one on our subtext community I wanted to start out with. This guy made me do some homework here. He said, hey, with newcomers at basically every position, who do you think will be our stats leaders in rushes, receptions, receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, interceptions. That question comes from our guy, Q Irvin. So, okay. I don't know if I'm going to cover every single part of your criteria because that was a loaded question, Q, but I'm going to answer a lot of it. Uh, And it's fun to start thinking about this coming football season because we're 50 days away from the Miami Hurricanes opening up their year against Miami, Ohio. I expect in rushing attempts, I expect the leader to be Henry Parrish because he's going to be, I believe, running back one to start the year, whether he's RB one to finish the year is yet to be seen because there's a lot of talent in that room. Uh, But Parrish was pretty consistent in terms of getting carries last year. I also think people are sleeping on Henry Parrish a little bit because he did play hurt for a lot of the season last year and he had an awesome spring. Mario Cristobal and Tim Harris Jr., the running backs coach, could not stop raving about the spring that Parrish had. It's worth noting, though, that a lot of Miami's other running backs did not participate in spring football because they either had not transferred in yet, were injured, or were freshmen who were not early enrollees. So the room is going to get a lot deeper once fall camp starts. But in terms of rushing yardage, I see Parrish leading in attempts, but I think A.J. Allen, the transfer out of Nebraska – I can see him leading the team in yardage last year cuz I think Allen's going to get on the field a lot. The coaching staff really likes this guy and before he suffered the collarbone injury that ended his season last year as a true freshman at Nebraska, in four games he was averaging 5 yards per carry. He was a a YPC machine last year was Allen and I think there's a lot of promise there. I think he's going to end up leading the team in yardage. Um but Mark Fletcher is also a candidate to accomplish any of those things. Rushing touchdowns, yardage. Uh, as far as rushing touchdowns go, you know, I, I could see because Fletcher, Fletcher has such a big, strong body. Depending on how much he gets on the field, because he's a true freshman, it's hard to project that, right? It's going to be hard to keep that guy off the field, though, because he's so physically gifted. I could see Fletcher being a pretty reliable goal line guy and maybe leading the team in rushing touchdowns. So that's an interesting thing to think about there. Let's talk about receiving. So who's going to be the leader just in number of catches, leading the team in catches? That to me kind of feels like a no-brainer. Xavier Restrepo, as long as he's healthy. Wasn't healthy last year, so we only had 21 catches. If he's healthy this year, I could see this guy getting close to 100 catches this season. He and Tyler Van Dyke have that psychic connection. Restrepo is really quick. He's a very good route runner, and he probably has the most reliable hands on the team just in terms of coming down with footballs and not coming down with cases of the dropsies. Okay, But for receiving leader, as far as receiving yards go, I think this is the year of Colby Young. You saw flashes of it last year, and that was when he was probably a little bit heavier than he wanted to be and getting acclimated with the team that he had just transferred to. But you saw the flashes of it. I see Colby Young leading the team in both receiving yards and touchdowns this year. He only appeared in eight games last year, and at least half of those were during the complete mess in the quarterback room when Van Dyke was out and you were kind of figuring out if Jake Garcia could play and how much Dakari Brown could play. And despite that mess at quarterback last year, he led all of Miami's wide receivers in receiving yards. Will Mallory, the tight end, had the most, but – Colby young in only eight appearances and a mess of an offense led the team with five touchdown receptions that includes tight ends or receivers. So, you know, I know what some people say, Hey, the secret is out. Everyone knows Colby young is really good. Now he's going to get doubled. Well, I'm hoping that with the amount of other talent, Miami has added at receiver with the likes of Jacoby George and Shamar Kirk and, and, uh, and Tyler Harrell, who can stretch the field. You're not just going to be able to, you know, double Colby young all day. And he still has that six foot five height, the long wingspan, really good with contested balls. I think he's going to lead the team in yardage and touchdowns this year. I think this is going to be a big year. I am bullish on Colby young. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who's going to lead the team in passing yards and passing touchdowns, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, assuming he's healthy for most of the year for the entire year, I expect him to be. So let's switch over to the defense. All right. If we're projecting more stats, I am bullish as well on Francisco Noa. Maui Noah, Kiko. I think Kiko is going to lead the team in tackles this year. And I'm not just saying that because he had a pretty good year at Washington State last year, and I really like this guy. Uh, I've put enough research behind this because I think Kiko Maui Noah is going to play the role of Eli Neal. For Lance Gidry this season Eli Neal was inside linebacker at Marshall last season who had nearly 100 tackles last year in fact the top three tacklers on Marshall were all linebackers last year and in the case of Maui Noah and Eli Neal similar body types and characteristics I think this is going to be a monster year for Francisco, who had a really good spring and has been trending really well in the workouts that he's had with Miami. So I think in team tackles, I think Francisco Kiko is going to lead the team at tackles this year. As far as tackles for a loss, that's Leonard Taylor's to lose. LT is going to lead the team in TFL. I have no question about that. Um, Leading the team in sacks, that's a little bit tougher. Mesidor is probably the safe pick, right? Akeem Mesidor, who, you know, he's one more year and then he's off to the NFL. And I believe he's going to be an early round draft pick in the National Football League next April. Um, he's going to have some competition, right? I think Mesidor is going to lead the team in sacks. But Reuben Bain may have something to say about that. Nigel Kelly may have something to say about that. OK, so that's going to be a tight race. Um, as far as interceptions, That's outside of passing yards. That's the easiest pick I can make. That's a no-brainer. Cam Kitchens. Cam Kitchens is going to lead the team in INTs this year. He had six interceptions last year. I know one of them, three of them came in one game. But still, even if you take the Georgia Tech game where he had three INTs out of it, if you take that game out of the equation, he still had more interceptions in the other games than anyone else on the roster. Six interceptions last year for Kenshin's. Nobody else on the Canes roster had more than two. I believe Cam is the best safety in the country. All-American last year. He's going to lead the team in interceptions this season. No doubt about that. We got a good question on the other side. And by the way, you guys can send us your questions, and we answer them whenever we can, either on the service or on the show. If you join our exclusive subtext SMS texting community, you can get text messages directly to your phone from my phone, Breaking news, one-on-ones with you guys, recruiting scoops, Dono balls, we drop them there. So make sure you join our subtext SMS texting service. I'm including the link in the show description below. You can sign up and try it completely free for 14 days, nothing to lose. And then if you like it, you can opt in and it's $4.99 a month after that. We give you a lot of added value on there, a lot of stuff. You guys on the subtext, will see and hear before anybody else sees or hears it here on Locked on Kane. So we got a good question on, uh, I like this. Um, Who are my, in the past decade, my top five University of Miami receivers? We'll get to that and more, plus some recruiting questions. We have uh, late this afternoon, Jaden Jackson from IMG Academy is going to be announcing his verbal commitment. Does Miami have a shot? We will discuss. We're only getting started here on Locked on Canes. Guys, I'm only getting started on FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. You just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And I've been winning a lot on my hometown Miami Marlins. I've been winning on UFC fights. There's a lot going on this summer international soccer, MLS soccer. You can get 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who do you think is going to hit the first home run. And all of that, folks, is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, most importantly, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on MLB and everything else than FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. So, Sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube and for the everydayers. We will have a reaction on our next episode to wherever Jaden Jackson, the four-star defensive lineman decides to commit. We're working on a guest to talk recruiting on tomorrow's episode. You know, we're going to hit you with a Saturday episode as well. It's going to be a big week here on Locked on Canes. So we get a question from Jordan in Orlando who says, Hey, since we're in a bit of a wide receiver drought, who would be your top five Miami receivers over the past 10 years? Um, You know, honestly, it wasn't as difficult to put together my top five as I thought it would be over the past decade. The difficult part was putting them in order. Okay, that's the difficult part. Uh, Some of this is just sentimental value because I thought he was not only a very good receiver, but a great young man and an awesome leader in the locker room. But I go with Braxton Berrios is my number one like that, dude. (laughs) I'm not saying these other guys don't, but Braxton Berrios, he bleeds orange and green in a way that very few do. And it's a bonus for me, also being a Miami Dolphins fan, that he has just signed with the Miami Dolphins this offseason. So I go with Braxton Berrios, number one. My number two is Amon Richards, just a tremendous talent, had that rare combination of size, strength, speed. Route running, catch rays, complete receiver, and you know you remember. Unfortunately, his uh his football career was ended uh, due to medical reasons for a neck injury. Felt terrible because he could be doing things on Sundays these days. Amon Richards is my number two. Uh, my number three, you know, I probably would have ranked him higher if he had had more of a cup of coffee, more than a cup of coffee here, because he was one tremendous year, set all kinds of records as a transfer, and that's Charleston Rambo. Like Charleston Rambo. He, he made Tyler Van Dyke's redshirt freshman season a little bit easier than it had to be, right? Because, you know, TVD was thrust into starting most of that year when De'Eric King got injured as a, a TVD was a redshirt freshman. And, you know, he had guys like Charleston Rambo who set all kinds of single season records and Mike Harley who set all kinds of career records. And I will tell you, if there was somebody it was difficult to keep off of my top five, and I apologize to him, it's uh, it's Mike Harley. He's like an honorable mention for me because uh, the next one I'm going to go to tremendous player. And he he was a first round draft pick. Right. But I think he was in the first round was Philip Dorsett, Philip Dorsett. This is going like almost all the way back to the last 10 years. But I didn't forget about you, Dorsett. And I didn't forget about Alan Hearns either. Huge Alan Hearns fan. So that that is my uh, my top five with, with Mike Harley. Mike Harley's like knocking at the door. That's the honorable mention. Right. I go Braxton Berrios, Amon Richards, Charleston Rambo, Philip Dorsett, Alan Hearns. That's where I go. Top 10 receivers, uh, top five receivers of the last 10 years. And as far as, you know, cause you think about this players who years from now that are currently on the team that may end up on that list in the future. I've already sang the praises of Colby young on this episode. I think he's going to explode this year. Um, you know, I, I think Jacoby George could have a big bounce back this uh, year as well. You know, Xavier Restrepo basically so far in his young Miami career has basically been Braxton Berrios light. Uh, Could he end up being like really the next Braxton Berrios over the next couple of seasons? We shall see. But there's definitely some potential, right? You talked about being in a receiver drought. You know, maybe you can say that with some of the recruits Miami hasn't landed, but I think you've got a handful of guys on this team. Right now that have potential to break out and maybe a few years from now we will revisit. We'll give you our top five Miami receivers of the last 10 years. And some of the players who are currently on the team may end up making that list. We get a question on the subtext chat from Scott, who says uh, this was referencing yesterday's episode. He said, "Uh, I was watching you and Brian Smith today, and it definitely feels like momentum. He's talking recruiting momentum has kind of stalled a bit. I think the team is going to have to deliver results in order to get back in the fight for some of those high-end athletes. Um, Yet, yeah, listen, we know of several Miami targets who I don't think are going to announce anytime soon, okay? Five-star wide receiver JoJo Trader. Don't expect to hear him make a decision till probably December, okay? Same thing with five-star safeties, Aquan Patterson. Miami's done pretty well recruiting both of them uh perceived as the as leaders for each of them and their high school teammates as well by the way at Chaminade, but neither of them are going to decide very soon okay we're we're not exactly sure when Kamari and Franklin is going to decide we know Miami is very much in that mix for him and listen if you have a really good year like a really good year we're talking like a 9 win type of year you could potentially flip some of the four and five stars that you came in second place for who have already announced verbal commits we know that and then hey the opposite is also true if you win five or six games this year some of your top commits like you think about some of the top four stars like uh like Lightfoot and Chance Robinson you would obviously worry about losing some of your top recruits if you have a really poor year this year so that works both ways but yeah I mean Scott Scott is 1,000 percent, right? Um, you know, obviously, you can be a little frustrated with recruiting in July. It's perfectly reasonable. You missed out on a few targets you thought you were going to get. Being frustrated is fine, but giving up <laughs> like, I see a lot of hurricanes fans giving up. like we can't recruit anymore. The NIL dried up. Mario doesn't know what he's doing. We're finished. You know You never give up in July, guys. There's such a long way to go here. Um, you think about when Mario first got the job, Uh, what was it in December of 2021, how he was able to like within weeks, within days, salvage a pretty good class of 2022. Most of that he had nothing to do with. And, you know, Manny Diaz didn't get Miami off to a very good start recruiting in that cycle. So a lot can happen between July and December or July and February, which is the final national signing day. Um, this is a good question from Jake on recruiting. He says, um, who do you think is the steel of Miami's class of 2024 so far? Somebody you think is far better than what their ranking says they are. I can give you a few, but I'll give you my my top guy who I think is going to end up being the steel of this class, and that's Judd Anderson, the quarterback. Now, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the class. I'm not saying he should be a five-star when he's a three-star, but I am saying Judd is criminally disrespected. Nobody's talking about this guy, despite him being a six foot seven quarterback with a really strong arm, right? Where, you know, kind of if you just go by physical characteristics, there's a comp to be made between him and Justin Herbert. Now, one of the reasons why Judd is so, you know, disrespected is uh, as far as the touchdown interception ratio last year as a junior in high school, it wasn't good. So, you know, he's got to he's got to put up better numbers this year in high school, I guess, to be more respected. But I think another reason why Judd is criminally disrespected is a lot of it has to do with uh, him committing to Miami so early and he completely shut his recruitment down. Right. He doesn't talk to other schools. He doesn't visit other schools. He hasn't kept his recruitment open one iota. So I just think that maybe there's not a whole lot of reason to talk about him because he's 1,000% Miami, okay? So, you know, he's not being talked about nearly enough. I think Anderson has a lot of potential, okay? Um, So that's my number one. But another guy I'll give you who's underrated, and this guy is a three-star who I think absolutely should be a four-star, and that's Chris Wheatley Humphrey, the running back out of South Broward. You cannot teach his speed. And he's not even purely just a speed guy because – Hellcat likes to run between the tackles as well, and he's better at it than you think. Like, he's not just strictly, you know, a a guy in space, third down back. You can't teach his speed, but he also has really good instincts for the position. And another one I'll give you, I think, is really underrated is Derek Plaz, the three star O lineman out of Jacksonville that Miami just landed last week. Um, And a lot of this, as we talked about with Brian Smith the other day, is that Jacksonville is the most under recruited. An underscouted metropolitan area in Florida. If this guy lived in Dade, Broward, Orlando, or Tampa, he would be a four star. I think Derek Plaz is that good and he's underrated. Um, got a couple more recruiting questions I want to get to on the other side, including. Uh, We are later today. We are on Jaden Jackson. Watch four star defensive lineman out of IMG Academy. I, I have no reason to like completely give up and say Miami's got zero chance. But I do think Miami is playing for behind late this afternoon. And I will explain why you want to keep it locked right here to locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, do us a favor and hit the thumbs up button, the like button and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. Google Odyssey app. Take us with you wherever you go and leave us a five star rating and review on your favorite audio service. That goes a long way to help out the show as well. And again, if you want to support the show by signing up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext, you want to click the link in the show description below. I'll right, see what else we have here. Per que- well, before we get to some questions, I just want to talk a little bit about Jaden Jackson and the expectations. So I think it's uh, around 5 p.m. today. He's going to be on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, and he's going to announce his verbal commitment. Four-star defensive lineman from IMG Academy. Um, I know there have been, during his recruitment, strong trends to Ohio State, strong trends to Texas, some trends to Miami, some trends to Florida, and Oklahoma has been recently surging for Jaden Jackson. Um, Again, I'm not saying Miami's completely out of it because something I've noticed about Jaden is he keeps everything pretty close to the vest. He's not quite as open and and talkative about where other teams stand in terms of some other commits. In fact, even though we've all been kind of estimating on the Jaden Jackson trends, I don't think there are any crystal balls for him anywhere, which goes to show you like, because usually when a crystal ball gets logged, you're usually getting it either from a staff member at one of these schools or from like the player himself that, yeah, I'm going to commit there. Like, you haven't gotten that for Jaden Jackson, so he's kept it pretty close to the, Maybe some crystal balls might drop like a couple hours before his announcement today, but up until you know late morning today, no crystal balls for him. Uh, but yeah, the recent trends have suggested he's probably between Oklahoma and Texas. In fact, the strong recent buzz is that five-star defensive lineman, his teammate at IMG Academy, David Stone, who's an Oklahoma lean, has really been recruiting Jackson to join him at Oklahoma. Now, even though like Stone, he's not even verbally committed to Oklahoma yet, but that, that's the expectation for him. And maybe he wants Jaden to join him there. And if it is Oklahoma today... I got to say, man, OU, they're having an awesome cycle, and they, they've been kicking our butts head-to-head for a lot of players. Just over the past few weeks, James Nesta, uh, Devon Mitchell, they won battles for these guys that Miami was trying for. And so, you know, I tip my cap to OU and Brent Venables. They've been doing a really good job in recruiting in this cycle. We'll see if that continues, because I, I kind of feel like OU could be the pick this afternoon, but I would love to be wrong. <laughs> like, I would love it if, like, Six o'clock tonight, people are turning this clip around of me saying probably oh, OU because Jaden Jackson just committed to Miami and you guys want to laugh at me. That's fine. I would love that. I want him in Miami. I want Jaden Jackson to be Miami Hurricane. Oh, let's, let's get to it. a few more of you guys' questions. Um, we get a question from Quazy who says, hey, is there any word if Miami is still interested in Tavion Galloway since he's now uh, de-committed, I believe we were a-, a while back before he committed to LSU. Um, I don't, I don't know for, for what it's worth quasi. Um, obviously I-, I, don't, I don't, I'm not privy to Miami's big board, but I haven't heard his name come up in Miami circles in months probably. So I don't know. We shall see. Um, four, he's a four-star tight end Galloway out of Ohio. Uh, have not heard us come up in months. Now we do definitely want to watch the tight end position this coming weekend because we are going to see an announcement on Saturday from Caleb Odom, the four-star tight end slash jumbo wide receiver out of Carrollton, Georgia. You know, he is trending to pick Bama, but I know Miami has really tried to surge in his recruitment. And I think Miami has closed that gap with Bama over the past few weeks. So we will see what happens with Caleb Odom this weekend. But you know, if if they do miss on Odom Miami might reevaluate their tight end board a little bit. Uh, But let's all remember as far as, you know, players you might miss out on between now and December at tight end, I don't worry that much there. Miami already has a loaded tight end room with young talent because Jaleel Skinner, still very young, Riley Williams and Jackson Carver, incoming freshman, Elijah Arroyo is still young. Uh, you've already gotten a verbal commitment in this cycle from four-star Elijah Lofton. So listen, I'm not going to lose too much sleep if Miami does miss out on another tight end. But in the case of Caleb Odom, I just want this guy in the building because he can play jumbo wide receiver. Like m- maybe Miami should be telling him, hey, Caleb, come here and we're going to find ways to get you on the field. Because if you watch Odom's high school tape, he's lined up almost exclusively out wide. Like he's not, he's not playing much tight end in high school. So maybe we think about that. Uh, we get a question on Twitter and you could tweet us at On Canes. If you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. Romstead O2 asks, What kind of information are you hearing about? guys like Thomas Gore and Branson Dean Uh, any progress this offseason I thought both of them these are transfer defensive tackles Gore from Georgia State Dean from Purdue Uh, they both did fine in spring Dean especially in fact I think Branson Dean could end up being the guy who starts next to Leonard Taylor he's got quality experience in the Big Ten at Purdue and he's a really good pass rusher from the interior and I know that that's something Lance Gidry really values so uh, and I like Gore a lot. I don't know as much about his progress in the offseason, but you know Thomas Gore, the guy's got a motor that just never quits. He's just a little bit undersized, but his he never stops moving. That guy is fun to watch. He's like an Energizer bunny. Get a question from TGN who says, hey, do you think we are seeing what happened to Texas A&M last year? They had the top recruiting class in the nation, but had an awful follow up to it. The next class, five and seven leaves a very bad taste from TGN. Um, listen, I think we're definitely seeing five and seven being a factor for certain recruits um that a lot of guys just kind of want to wait and see what Miami looks like this year, right? So again, m- Miami controls their own destiny. If you have really good start to your season, September, if you could beat Texas a and m week two, that's gonna go a long way. If you can get some wins in the ACC in October. Then suddenly come November, you're going to have, you know, a lot of four and five star talents that maybe weren't thinking too much about Miami who start to look in Miami's direction again. So, you know, I I I never want to compare Miami's situation to Texas A&M's in that regard. But I I definitely think you're on to something there with five and seven being a factor. Uh, So, yeah, guys, I appreciate your questions. As always, uh, we took some from Twitter. We took a lot from the subtext group. And we're going to keep you updated throughout the rest of the week. Again, around 5 o'clock today, Jaden Jackson, four-star defensive lineman out of IMG Academy. He is going to be announcing a verbal commitment. Miami is in the mix. Miami are a finalist. But obviously, I'm looking out for Oklahoma and Texas, especially OU. Could be very, very tough to beat later today. We will see what happens. We'll be watching Caleb Odom on Saturday. And guys, thank you so much, as always, for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Uh, We'll be at you for the everydayers Friday and Saturday with new episodes. We might be on in the afternoon tomorrow. I'll keep you guys updated on social media at Locked on Canes on Twitter. We might have an afternoon, not morning episode tomorrow. But either way, we will talk to you on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.